When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Siobhan Monahan, and I am a mindset coach. I am helping individuals like yourselves get clear, confident, and consistent in relationships, family, work, and life. I am going to be joining you on the On Call Empath podcast, and we're going to be talking about all things grief, relationships, and moving through it. Can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the On Call Empath. All right, guys, I am with my good friend, Siobhan Monahan. Um, she is a dedicated mindset coach. And today we are going to be tackling a lot of awesome subjects from grief, what to, especially if you've been through like a breakup or been let down. There is no other better person that I would want to go to to talk about this subject because she is the master in what she does. Siobhan, how are you doing today? That was just such a beautiful intro. I am so, so good. Sun is shining here in Canada. It is uh, really, I mean, I can't complain. And we've been chatting. So this was, yes. this has been great. So just for you guys to give you some context, I usually chat with my guests before I get on the podcast and we went on and on and on. I'm like, we got to get some of this material <laughs> on the podcast because people are really going to want to hear this. But Let's just dive right in. Um, first, like, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then let's dive into the portion of, of grief and, and how to deal with that, where a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to be wanting to know exactly how to deal with that. So let us know a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so as you said, I am a mindset coach. And I think with mindset, in terms of life coaching, I think your mind is where it all begins, obviously, because if you have a half meant, you know, a, a mentality of it's half full or if it's half empty, that's the starting point. You know, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So it's all about, all right, let's, let's get into the root of how do we make changes? It's, it begins with that first acknowledgement. So your mind is huge. You know, you can program your mind to think all the good things and be focused on you know, what you want, or you can sit in that place of what you don't want. So when I work with clients, uh, we focus on relationship, family, work life, and it's that idea of getting clear, confident, and consistent in whatever area of your life that you're struggling with. And then you and I, of course, we got into yeah. the topic of grief and grief is just such a powerful one because we've yeah. all experienced it, yeah. whether it's a relationship like yourself and what you're experiencing or the loss of a loved one or grieving a job or a transition in life. We, we all know grief and it just manifests really differently for yeah. everybody. So I want to ask you this as a coach, because it seems like everybody deals with grief a certain way. Um, sometimes people will go hundred percent into their job, focus on their business, focus on their kids and forget about their main issue that they're grieving about. I know for myself, I like try to go head on and give myself time to actually grieve. 
as a coach, like what would you tell somebody, let's say they've been through a breakup and they're not sure how to process grief and they come to you. It's kind of like what we've been talking about. If you guys don't know, I, I, you know, I recently went through a breakup myself, going through a griefing process, trying to figure out what went wrong, what could I have done better? And I'm driving myself crazy. So this is where Siobhan comes in and just like, <laughs> blows it out of the water. I'm like, we got to get this on, on the podcast. So what what happens to like a person if they like do not like deal with the grief? It, it, it definitely comes back to bite you eventually. But please explain to the audience. Absolutely. The empaths. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that first idea of, you know, the waves of grief. Grief is this thing that we're, we all experience. It comes at you very differently. And the only way out is through, but through is where it's very uncomfortable. It's where you have to feel your feelings. It's where you have to be vulnerable, where you have to scream and cry and, and all of these gross feelings that none of us want to feel because we just yeah. want to feel good, you know? And again, feelings are not facts. And that's what we all hold mm -hmm. on to so much is like, I feel, I feel this pain. And it's like, yes. And that feeling is real for you right now, but that's not a fact. You know, it's something that you're going through. And so you'll see some people who will dive into their business. They'll, you know, I'm just head down, forget, you know, I'm good. I'm just going to go nails yeah. to the wall Or some people want to numb it out and it's drugs or alcohol, sex, partying, um, Netflix, audiobooks, whatever that kind of yeah. poison of choice to sort of numb out the pain. Um, or there's that like toxic positivity, like I'm good, you know, boss bitch, I'm, you know, it's all good. Like it just, you know, doing me and, and all of that is this masking of the fact that no one, it's very difficult to be vulnerable and to be able to say, I'm hurting, I'm yep. in pain. This doesn't feel good. This isn't what I expected or, or, you know, whatever that sort of process is. So, you know, if, if you just dive into that, that thing, whatever that process is for you and you're not dealing with it, it doesn't go away. And that's what's so hard is it's, you know, you might be like, no, no, I'm good. Like it's all good. But then one day out of absolutely nowhere, you knock over, you know, a water bottle and then you're in tears and you're like, I have no idea. It's not about the water bottle. It's absolutely not. But it's all of this pent up stuff that's just been boiling over inside of you that you've never allowed that process, that space to heal. And therefore it then turns into something that's completely different or you blow up at your kids or your spouse. And it's like, you know, the problem's not the problem. It's always something that's deeper and it's usually unprocessed. That is very true. And one of the things when you were talking before is like everybody uh, deals with grief a certain way. Um, now, I know you talk about core four. Can you explain yeah. that to the audience? Because I know that's a big uh, thing with your coaching as well. Yeah. And I mean, and this... And we even talked a little bit about this with yourself and you said some of this first and it's amazing, but these are the the pillars that I use when I'm chatting with people about anything, grief, loss, you know, whatever they're kind of working through. And the first one being gratitude, the idea of looking for what's good in every situation. And that could be what's good in a person, in your marriage, in your job, in your physical health, in your body, whatever that is, finding something to be grateful for now, because you can't have more of anything if you don't already appreciate what is good today. So even in the bullshit situation, so let's take your relationship, for example, you're grieving the loss of something and the loss of a person, but then it's like, okay, let's take a step back and say, well, what was good about that? What did you learn about yourself? What do you now know about your boundaries and your expectations and what you want in a partner that maybe you didn't before this experience? What can you find that's good? Mm -hmm. Because that gives you something to, to take away, to build on, to work at. But if you have the mentality of like, everything was shit and screw that person or whatever that might be. It's like, you, you didn't learn anything then you can't, you can't right. build. 
No, that that is 100 percent. And all you empaths out there, I know, speak to a lot of you guys where, you know, there's good and bad in everything, you know, and, and I try to like when I think about what I went through and um, the pain and the suffering, and then I also think about the good times too, to kind of balance that out. But at the end of the day, I have to be able to walk away and say, this is what I'm going to accept moving forward. This is my boundaries moving forward. This is what I'm going to accept or not accept. And I would have never have known that unless I, you know, went through that last past relationship. So how would I have known that unless I, had that. So everything I look at it is not a loss. It's more, it's, it's more of a learning experience where I can take and better myself now and then give it to somebody who actually does deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then that next one, um, you're moving into expectations, you know, because one way that we all get let down so very quick is the idea of having expectations. Well, you should have done this or, or, you know, maybe you, you didn't even make your expectations clear. And then suddenly this person didn't meet the mark. Well, uh, you know, I expected that you were going to take out the garbage and you didn't, or, Mm -hmm. you know, that my kids were going to show up or that my, my partner was going to plan this Valentine's day and this didn't happen. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. you had an expectation of something and you can't have expectations for people outside of yourself. Yeah. You know, so if I expect you are going to show up at this time on this date, wearing that shirt, and then you don't, and now I'm mad, all I'm doing is ruining my own day. Right. right. Yeah. And then, then, but also the expectations we have for ourselves, we are forever, you know, creating what, like what needs to be done has to be done. And that's actually goes into the fourth one, um, which I'll talk about in a second, but this, we have these massive expectations and we're so hard on ourselves. And then you can't move forward in any, again, and we're, we're talking about grief and relationships specifically at the moment, but if you had an expectation of what you thought the other person was going to do, even how they ended the breakup or how they responded after the breakup. And we chatted a little bit about that off camera. All you're doing is upsetting yourself. How much energy have you wasted? You know, maybe looking at their Instagram or their social media, trying to see like, well, how come they're not experiencing this grief? Like I am right. Well, That was your expectation. You know, your process is not their process. It doesn't mean one's right and one's wrong, but you've set an expectation. So now you're disappointed. And let's talk about off of that, like, let's say somebody, you know, um, doesn't want to deal with their grief, because I know a lot of people do that, especially after a horrific uh, incident or or Mm. a breakup or whatnot. Sometimes they'll go into, uh, like you said, work mode or or go right into like going on the Internet, um, binging, you know, Netflix and and just trying to put that on the back of their their head. that isn't healthy either. That could come back and and come back 10 times fold for that person because they haven't dealt with that that issue, that core wound that they've been. They've probably done this in the past where they make a quick decision on a whim based on a couple of facts and then they throw the baby out with the bathwater. And then later, a couple months down the road, they could be regretting regretting it. And that's what I get with a lot of my my clients too with empaths where they're like, man, I shouldn't have made that quick decision um, at that moment. Yeah. And again, and that's what I said to you earlier is we can only meet people as deeply as they've met themselves. So this idea, yeah, this idea that you, you know, the throwing the baby out with the bathwater, that's somebody who's reactionary. That's Mm -hmm. somebody who 
is having a very difficult time with their own vulnerability, maybe can't manage their own emotions. And so rather than say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I made a mistake, whatever that 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 vulnerable thing to say is, it's easier to be like, nope, I'm done. I'm gonna push you away. I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna, you know, and make make you the bad person because it's easier than having to take responsibility. It's Bingo. easier to run away than to actually stand there in the eye of that storm and say, okay, what was my part in this? Yeah. Because that's the other thing too is we're all in this with another person. You know, there's yeah. not a hundred percent wrong or right from any one side. Yeah. And then I think th this one is really, really key too. It's the idea that there's three sides to every story. So there's your side, there's your partner's side. We're talking about relationships. And then the truth is somewhere in the middle because what's happened is you're seeing the relationship from your lens, from your experiences, from your personal history, from your past relationships. You're seeing the world through your eyes. You're seeing that that breakup through your eyes. That person sees it completely different. And because of that, where the truth is, is somewhere in the middle because yeah. you're both right, but you're you're both unable to see. And we, we never can see anything completely from somebody else, but Something that I've learned and something that I encourage with people, if you're going into confrontation, for example, I always start with the story I'm telling myself is blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because it allows me to be vulnerable. It's not me pointing the finger and mm -hmm. saying, you did this and this pissed me off. It's me saying, this is the story I'm telling myself. So the story I'm telling myself is that you didn't show up for me because you didn't care. And then that allows the other person a very neutral place to be able to tell me what that version of reality looked like for them. Because maybe it's completely not true and it's my own feelings and maybe they saw it completely different. But if I start pointing the finger and say, well, you didn't show up for me and this is because you don't give a shit, that's going to put them on the defensive. It doesn't allow room for curiosity. It doesn't allow room for the conversation to go further because I've shut it down because I'm pointing my fingers. Yeah. Very well said. And and that's the thing. Also, if you had a hard past with people, let's say, um, that have been through trauma with relationships, failed relationships after fair relationships, divorce, things that end in, you know, in a very um, unfavorable manner, you're going to be on the defensive on your on your new relationship unless you do the work. I mean, is that yeah. some, is that a fair statement? Absolutely. And that's also the idea of expectations because, you know, that statement of like men are shit or women are crazy. It's like, okay, well, first of all, let's, let's <laughs> unpack that a little bit. I don't, that's a very bold statement and it's not true, but maybe it's like the people that you've attracted haven't dealt with their emotions. So maybe they're not showing up in a great way. And maybe because, you know, I once heard somebody say, all I do is attract um, shitty guys. I just attract douchebags. It's like, that's not true. You attract a lot of different people, but what uh -huh. you are drawn to is the unhealthy, toxic relationships, maybe with, with an avoidant personality. That's Bingo. what you're attracted to. So it's not that those other people weren't there, but they didn't get you going. They didn't get the butterflies for you because you haven't done the work somewhere that you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want that anymore. That's, you know, part of my expectations, my personal boundaries is that I'm not going to accept less than I deserve. Right. So 
you attract tons of different people, but what keeps your motor running is that butterflies. That's not really butterflies. It's chaos from that type of person who maybe isn't available to you because they're not healthy either. And I just want to point out when you said chaos, a lot of people that have been through abuse or trauma, they flock towards that. That's how what they think love is. So a lot of times, if you don't treat them bad, or if you don't lie or cheat, or if it comes across that you're you're cheating or lying, even just the slightest bit that that triggers something in their nervous system where they go into a flight and fright, or they just drop everything and run. So a lot of times they'll go black and white. They'll be like, okay, this person's bad. I don't want anything to do with them. And they run the other way. And that's happened to me. Um, and I'm at a place where obviously I'm not perfect. I'm still doing the work, but I, I know just watching this behavior, it it is something for somebody to do that, to make a decision that quick, just making a decision based on a couple things that might may not without even looking at the facts that tells me that something's happened to that person in the past where they can't really sit down and, and regulate themselves and ask themselves the questions that let's see if the, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's do the work and let's sit down and figure this out rather than saying, well, this is too stressful. I'm out deuces, you know, and that's, that's what I have a problem with. And I know a lot of empaths have reached out to me and they've had, you know, similar situations where they're like, you know, I'll, I'll make a, a decision based on something that may look like, you know, my ex or my boyfriend or my girlfriend has, maybe reached out to somebody online or they've been chatting with somebody. And later I find out that there's a coworker, you know, and it was totally my fault. So there's a lot of that going on. So just kind of wrapping up here, I do want to ask you what types of things do you practice in your own life after? Cause you have a lot of great stuff um, that you've taught me, especially off camera, but like, what are some of the stuff that you use in your daily life um, that you can share? Yeah. So we covered those first two, the idea of gratitude and expectations. That next one, and what you said just perfectly segued into it, it was the idea of being in the present moment. Because like you said, it's this idea like depression, that that's the rumination of the past. You know, what my past relationships were like, what could I have said different? How could I have been different in this situation, this relationship, this job? And then that future, that's the exact anxiety, you know, you're creating that narrative, that story that what's going to happen. You know, when I go into this conversation, they're going to say this and I'm going to respond this way. And, you know, if we break up, this is what's going to, then I'm going to be homeless. And suddenly you're creating this crazy narrative that doesn't exist. So that's the idea of being in the present moment because worry, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives (laughs) you something to do back and forth, back and forth, but it gets you nowhere. So the idea of being in the present moment, you know, we talk about trauma and relationships and you, you gave a good example about your you know, your own life and that chaos and stuff. And I'll say from, for myself, I grew up in an alcoholic home. I saw a lot of abuse. Um, and my idea for a very long time, I was only gravitating towards people who were avoidant, who were abusive, either mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, whatever that was. And, and it didn't feel, and all the other people who are around me, who I might've been attracted to, it wasn't, it wasn't giving me the butterflies. It wasn't giving me the feeling. It was giving me the ick because I was like, oh my God, that person's too, that, that they're clingy. They're, obs- they're obsessed with me. And <laughs> <Yes>. really, yeah. <laughs> and really, but for me, it was like, no, that's not it. I'm just, I'm now knowing. And I've also been the person who, when somebody was 
too secure, I was kind of like, oh my God, get away from me. It's too much. Or if there was conflict, I was like, well, I'm going to go. Like I've been to 33 different countries. I have run away from a lot of things, including myself. Mm -hmm. And, and then it always kind of came back to, okay, where am I now? Because as somebody who struggled with depression, my depression has followed me when I lived in the Middle East, when I lived in the States, when I lived in Canada, Thailand, Costa Rica, it came everywhere. It packed in my suitcase. Uh So being in the present moment, didn't matter where I was, that was there with me. So in, in relationships, you know, being present with yourself, the idea that you have to deal with those things, they may have happened in the past, but they're affecting who you are today. Yeah. So it's, you know, what, what do you have to do to nurture that inner child to come, you know, home to yourself? We talked about therapy and therapy is very much like the gym. If you go to the gym and you don't pick up the weights, you went to the gym. You can say you did. You can post it on your Instagram story, but you didn't go to you the gym. You didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so the idea of That's being amazing. present and working in that space. And then the last huge one for me is the idea of grace. Mm-hmm. And grace, grace, that word for me is like curiosity. The curiosity in a situation, me being curious about what what was your intention or, you know, how did you mean something or what what good was there from you or grace with myself. I mean, I am a struggling perfectionist. I have to come back to present moment all of the time to say, you don't have to be so damn hard on yourself. You don't have to take everything on you are still enough if you didn't get all the chores done, if you didn't do all the things. So this idea of grace has to be there. And all of those things, so gratitude, expectations, being in the moment and grace, those core four things for me have allowed me so much more freedom in my own life, freedom to be curious about other people, freedom to let go of things that are out of my control. And that one is a huge one as it pertains to expectations. I don't know how much time we have. I don't know where we are. Um, in our... we, we have about five minutes. Okay, perfect. So that's a good wrap up then. But, you know, this idea and as it pertains to grief, all of these little, little things that you can come to, it's like, what good can you find if we're talking about relationships? What was the good in that? What was my expectations for this person? How did I think they should be as opposed to who they actually were? Did I see them or did I see what I thought they should be? You know, how could I have been in the moment with them as opposed to future thinking or worrying? So, and and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, because I also did this in my last relationship where I was future thinking and I was like, this person's amazing. This person has, you know, we're both saying it to ourselves. Like we're our soulmates, we were doing all this, but little did we know I had a, image different from this other person had an image in their head of what the future would hold. I was thinking long-term, you know, again, I was coming from a loving place, something safe, something, you know, empathetic. I want to help grow, you know, watch you grow and be your best cheerleader and all that, where they're coming from maybe a a rough past where they've been in rocky relationships and they're maybe going to be expecting uh, well, when they see somebody that's br- coming in the, in that angle, that might put the brakes on them and be like, "This this is too much. This is foreign. I I can't do this anymore." And and that's that happens more often than not. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, and so and what you said is the idea of emotional masturbation. Yeah. It's you know you're just getting off on the idea of this life, and we're going to be married, and we're going to do this, and it's all great, and it's really great, and it's and it releases the dopamine and the serotonin. Yeah. We all feel good. Everything feels good. But then as soon as 
life gets in the way. Life shows up and says, <laughs> hey, you know, we're going to get stressed. We're going to get busy. Yeah. We're going to have hard times because relationships are work. Yeah. The relationship starts, you know, the work starts when the dopamine kind of wears off because then you're deciding every single day when you wake up that I want to be in this, making an active choice, not just running on the dopamine yeah. that got you there to begin with. But then if that person who's just been love bombing you with all of this suddenly like, well, get away from me. This is too yeah. much. I can't handle it. It's like, well, that's because they were just riding the high of that emotional masturbation, yeah. those love waves. But as soon as like the, she you know, the rubber real. meets the road. <laughs> yeah. That's when you actually have to put in the work and yeah. be vulnerable and, you know, mm -hmm. admit when you're wrong and show up in hard situations. And if you yeah. haven't created a healthy way to deal with that for yourself, you can't show up for anybody else. Yeah. You know, because if yeah. you can't show up for yourself, who can you show up for? Yeah. And those behaviors, believe me, it it continues. You know, you can go all the therapists you want. You can try to say that you're, you know, trying meditation and all this. But unless you actually do it and like you said, focus on the moment, gratitude, using your core, four core beliefs, uh, nothing's really going to really change unless you put in the work. Yeah. It's, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. The definition of insanity is doing the same things and mm -hmm. expecting different results. We end up dating the same people over and over and over again. They look different, but they're kind of the same because yeah. we haven't done the healing yeah. that stops that same person from being the thing that we're attracted to. But right. as soon as you do, suddenly you're leveling up your life. You yeah. show up different. Your expectations are different. Your boundaries are different. And the things that were once acceptable, you're like, no, 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 that red flag, that's all I need to hear. And I'm good because I date this person already many times. So that's why it's like gratitude is great. Cause like, awesome. Now I see that I yeah. see that I did that one more time and I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. I can be different. Don't ignore the red flags either. Cause I certainly did. And, um, there's so many, I, you know, could put in your backpack and then you get to a point where it's like, why didn't I just stop at the, after the third one or the fifth one or, or the 10th one, you know, because, <laughs> because of that emotional high, that thing that I, I thought that I wanted, I was going to get to, and these were just like roadblocks that I'd, I'd be able to fix the person or, or they would change on their own. But the reality is you can't fix nobody. You can't change anybody. You can only change yourself. And, and that's and huge. And that's also such an empathic quality is we want to yeah. fix we want to heal. We see these wounded people. So we're like, I know how you can be yeah. better. I see the best <laughs> in you. But when somebody shows you who they are, you got to believe them. Oh my gosh. And that yeah. one is hard because you're, you, like you said, you're riding the dopamine yeah. and they're showing you, they're waving the red flags in front of you, but you're like, no, it's okay. I'll love you through it. I'll love you enough that you will be better. But if somebody doesn't want to change for themselves, if they're not ready yeah. to be accountable, they will not change. It will never be yeah. different. A lot of times they'll take the easy way out, take their mask off. They'll show who they are and then run out the door. And it's really sad because that that will continue, you, you know, and the, the cycle will continue. And the sad part is a lot of people go through this lifetime without even knowing. And I'm so proud of you that you you're at a point where you're you've kind of came to terms with yourself. You're a coach. You're helping other people. You're changing the world. So I really admire that. So thank you so much. Thank you. And do. thank you for chatting with me. It's been great on and off air. Yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely hoping we can do this again because I feel like there's so much that we can oh, unpack. Yeah. We should definitely do like a like another as follow-up episode for sure. And 
you know, I'm sure I'll be in contact with you as well. Um, but before we go, is there anything that you would like to leave the audience just so that they can take away from this episode, you know, just to kind of leave them that maybe they're grieving right now? Yeah, it's, it's the idea of being gentle with yourself, you know, loving yourself more than you, you think that you deserve, you know, we're so hard on ourselves, and we spend so much time just thinking we're just going, 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 and we go through the motions, but if it's stopping to give yourself that moment, you know, to say, I love the me that I love the me that got into that relationship one more time. I love the me that keeps showing up. I love the me that keeps trying, keeps, you know, falling down, but I get back up and just remembering that the hardest days of your life, the days you thought you would never get through, you did. Yeah. So you can do hard things and you're never alone. You know, even having your podcast and somebody where you can listen to, there is always somebody there. We're so similar. We're, we're so connected. So finding Mm. that, whether it's through a podcast, it's through a connection, a coworker, whatever, but knowing that you're not alone and you can do hard things. Well, it's been an honor and thank you so much for what you do. Keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode. I got a lot more guests coming on this season. My goal is to get 300 episodes this year, and I'm on track. So you're listening to the Top 10 Recovery Podcast on the web, and we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.